So we're going to sing two songs now. Um, on the second song, we'll be handing the tins round. So if anybody would like to come and pick a tin up after the end of the first song, I'd appreciate it. So the first song is There Must Be More Than This. Would you like to stand and sing? Sing of the Lord's goodness. And if I can hand the thank you. Sing of the Lord's goodness, Father of all wisdom, come who and bless his name. Mercy he has shown us, his love is forever, faithful to the end of day. 
Come then, all you nations, sing of the Lord's goodness, melodies of praise and thanks to God. Bring out the Lord's glory, praise Him with your music, worship Him and bless His name. Power He has willed it, honor is His garment, even from the snares of death. He has spoken, one bread He has broken, no life He now gives to all. Come then, all you nations, sing of the Lord's goodness, melodies of praise and thanks to God. Bring out the Lord's glory, praise Him with your music, worship say some prayers of intercession so would you please bow your head dear Lord our loving Heavenly Father on this Pentecost may your spirit fill the earth over all the war-torn lands may the power of your peace be prevalent move within the hardened hearts of the warmongers open their ears Remove the coverings from their eyes so they are able to see and experience true love, your love. Comfort those people whose lives are under constant threat. Give them peace in their heart and real help from aid in the form of food, water and shelter. As we approach the general election, Give us the wisdom to know who to vote for. Give us insight into the party that has the best interests in mind for a caring, compassionate and fair policy for all. The Manchester bomb, knife attacks among teenagers, terror attacks, all these bear many, many victims and our hearts go out to them all. 
May the families and friends be blessed in their mourning. Please bless all the Pentecost celebrations today as we acknowledge and recognise the true King who is sovereign over all with no discrimination of race or colour. Pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, Lord of all. May the village fate be filled with fun and laughter to bring together all the community in a happy, joyous way. Revitalise this, our fellowship, Lord. Be a real and constant companion to all of us. Liven our hearts and quicken your, our spirit with your spirit. Forgive our sins and bless, our Lord, bless us, Lord. We are truly sorry when we cause you offence, knowingly or unknowingly. Help us to live better lives and be more focused on you. Please wrap your loving arms around Karen and Molly and Stanley as they grieve at Ian. Give them comfort, peace and restore their broken hearts. All this we ask in the triumphant name of Jesus. Amen. Um, Becky's going to come and read from Acts 3, 1 to 10. Morning. Um, my ears are a bit funny today, so I apologise if I sound horrific, but I can't tell, so sorry. Okay, um, Acts 3, verses 1 to 10. Peter heals the crippled beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Okay, so we're going to um, have the last paraclesis in this series, which is um, one of connecting. It's called connecting. So if you've got your books, and um, you'll find journey cards on the seats with you. So if you just bear them in mind as we're listening. 
So today is the sixth and last week of the series Paraclesis, Journeying Together. To quickly recap, we have explored caring, loving, journeying, living and healing. Our final Paraclesis theme is connecting. How lovely that the last Paraclesis on connecting coincides with Pentecost. It wasn't planned, but because Ian Forsyth preached on one Sunday, we didn't follow the series that week. So here we are, celebrating the gift of the Holy Spirit and connecting. So we're taking what God is doing among us, rejoicing in it, embracing its fullness, giving, living in the good of it, and taking it to the hurting, broken, needy neighbourhood around us. The title of our final message is, Have You Ever Felt the Need? So, in caring by connecting, in Romans uh, 15.2, it says, Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around, him, around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? There is a huge need around us, and the challenge is, will we connect our journey with those needs? Or as someone once put it, will we just remain preaching to the choir? Today we will be looking at the story of the man by the gate, beautiful, which is found in Acts 3, 1 to 10. Our final paraclesis word is to entreat. Luke 15 verse 28 says, And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him, entreated paracleo, paracleo. This verse comes from the story of the prodigal son's return. His older brother goes outside wanting nothing to do with the celebration. So the father goes out to entreat him to come back in. God wants us to entreat others outside the family of God as part of paraclesis. Entreat means to approach, reach out, connect, draw close, and engage with others at the point of felt need, persuading and pleading. And Jesus gave the disciples these three clear directives. The Great Commission, the outwardly focused mission of church to go into all the world to preach the gospel. The Great Command, Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you are to love others. That's the 11th commandment. And the third, the great connection. Before ascending to the Father, Jesus comes to his disciples and says, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. He places the responsibility to connect with the lives of others into their hands. He promises the Holy Spirit, the divine enabler, will empower them. 
So when we're thinking about engaging with felt needs, in John 14, verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, Parakletos, and he will stay with you forever. Some translations say comforter. The word is parakletos and means the one who comes alongside to help. Now that he is returning to his father, Jesus assures the disciples that another parakletos will be sent in his place to empower them, the Holy Spirit. Um, and Jesus said in, to wait in Jerusalem and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. That's Acts 1 verse 8. That's what God calls us to in paraclesis. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we witness our own stories, our gift of journey. Jesus then tells the disciples that he will send a divine advocate who will come to enable and empower them to tell their story and share their journey with others. John 16:13 says, "When he the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth." So what does telling our story and sharing our journey mean? Well, Jesus engaged with people's felt needs. Take the story of the woman at the well in John 4. She was there at a time when all other women wouldn't be there because she was an outcast. But Jesus came and sat at the well and entreated her. He came to the well for water. Sorry, she came to the well for water. Her felt need. What did Jesus talk about? Water. He connected at the point of her felt need. The felt need is the conscious need. The felt need is the immediate need in front of us. We need to meet people just where they are on their journey, like the Good Samaritan did and Jesus did with this woman. Jesus addressed felt needs. Jesus connects with felt needs of the moment. We come across these kinds of needs every day in our lives. Witnessing isn't inviting our neighbours to a special event or church meeting. It's just connecting in the ordinary things of life. Felt needs leads to real needs. It wasn't long before Jesus was talking to the woman about her real thirst and the deep needs of her soul. Journeying is reaching out to the felt need, which leads to the real need. And that need can only be fully met in the person of Jesus Christ. Connecting to the real needs to look further at felt needs and real needs, let's pick up our key story for today. It begins, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So, they're on their way to the 3pm church meeting. 
when they come across a paralyzed beggar at the entrance into the temple. This man had a chronic condition, a certain man lame from his mother's womb. From birth, he'd been un unable to stand or walk, but as well as this, the beggar was marginalized by religion, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Levitical law and rabbinical tradition required that disabled persons could not enter the temple. Marginalized by those who should have cared, he lay outside of God's house. However, he knew that people going into the temple would see his condition and give alms as an outward act of righteousness to please God before going into his presence. They gave the money, the beggar money, because it made them feel good, not because it helped. A beggar represented the lowest have-nots in society, with no self-respect, no dignity or self-worth, despised and pitied, but he was completely dependent on others. His felt need was money. Peter and John saw this man's felt need. For them, it was a day of opportunity. The disciples weren't your average temple goers. They had journeyed with Jesus for three years. Peter and John were connected to a caring community. In Acts 2, 44-45, it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone had need. They'd put all they had in a common pool. They came to this man whose felt need was money. But Peter and John now had nothing except Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 3, 4, it says, and fixing their eyes upon him, they said, look at us. And they looked him straight in the eye. This man had, had seen so many eyes of disdain, contempt, pity, and humiliation as passers-by threw their guilt money at him. But not these two men. They entreated him with eyes of warmth, understanding, and encouragement. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Something about Peter and John arrested his attention, though they had no money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Social contact is the point of connect, the felt need. Peter and John knew the thing the beggar longed for most, 
which he had been denied for so long, was the ability to walk on healthy feet, to go through the gate into God's presence. In the King James Version, Peter says, Such as I have, I give thee. They had little, but they freely gave their such as I have. Their journey with Jesus and all that Jesus had poured into them. As we come to the close of this series, I want to ask, what is your such? It is the gift of journey, your gift of journey, your life experience, what God has been to you, what he has done for you. Bring it to God and say, this is my such. Let him take it, connect it with someone's felt need and use you as an instrument of grace and truth. While I was thinking about my life's experience and how they might be useful in connecting with others, I stepped back at some point and realised that I was making a list of all the negative things that had happened to me in my life. I was ashamed. I was forgetting the fabulous point of God's riches at Christ's expense, grace. Separation and subsequent divorce from my husband, leaving me a single mother of a five-year-old boy, was probably the hardest-hitting experience in my life. At times, I was in a very dark place. I didn't feel very close to God. Actually, in truth, I didn't feel he was very close to me. That dark place was lit by a few people. My mum, of course, with cuddles and love. Diane Dave, and especially Callie and Nick. Callie and Nick got alongside me, helping me to keep things normal, whatever normal is. They were always on my side, and that meant a lot. Thank you. Callie was there to nod and shake her head at the appropriate moments. I felt and still feel loved by them. They validated me. In time, I realised that if they, as instruments of God's love, could love me, God could too. God's love has equipped me to connect with others simply by loving them. It inspired me to align myself with God's will which, let's face it, is a lifelong undertaking. But hey, God is good. He's worth it. So let's just continue. Don't look at what you don't have. Stop looking at your limitations and embrace your resource. Realise what you do have. Recognise your such, your gift of journey and the grace that has become part of your life. Embrace it with certainty. God has given you this gift to give away to someone else. When we have certainty in this gift and make it available to God, he multiplies it. You have a story to tell. Your greatest liability becomes your greatest asset in God's hands as you journey with others. Your mess becomes your message and your test 
becomes your testimony. Now, before I conclude, I feel moved to say this. A strong thread through last week's paraclesis on healing was asking God for forgiveness. Then, as a response to this grace, forgiving others. The fact is, we know that when we genuinely ask God for forgiveness, he does. The hurdle for some is realising we need to ask in the first place. The flip side to this, it seems to me, is the even bigger hurdle of realising we need to say sorry to people who we may have wronged in some way. In Proverbs 3.34, he, God, scorns proud scorners, but shows favour to the humble. And in 1 Peter, the end of verse 5 and verse 6, it says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. There are some of us here who need to say some sorry to someone. I urge everyone here to reflect on their words and actions, and if an apology seems in order, do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. Remember, someone who's being a pain is probably in pain. The wealth of a unified fellowship far outweighs any other wealth. The works of this fellowship reach out beyond church membership. Messy Church, the Mother and Toddler Group, Bowls Club, Friendship Club, Stepping Stones. We owe it to our King to represent him while dealing with others in a caring and respectful way. Failing to do this most surely damage damages the very essence of our discipleship. Ian Forsyth is not joining us to be a paramedic to our spiritual body, but as a shepherd to take us forward into a more mature, fully unified church community. Let's prepare ourselves for that. So we're empowered in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's what they said. It is that, it is that name that is above every name. That name to which every day every knee will bow. Sorry, one day every knee will bow. My prayer is that you come to the realisation that you are part of God's plan in this day and age. It does not matter how, long, how low you have sunk or how high you have risen. God will take and use it in the name of Jesus Christ. So let's conclude with Peter and John's final actions in this healing. They gave him a hand up, not a hand out. They grasped the connecting opportunity and they engaged in journey evangelism. This is how the book of Acts began, and we are the continuation of that journey. To the question, who cares? Do you care? They responded, we care. Now it's over to you. So we're going to sing our final song.
which is go forth and tell. Would you like to stand and sing? This is the blessing and our closing prayer. As we take our worship, praise and prayer from this place and into our daily lives, may our lives be sustained through the love of our Heavenly Father. May we feel the presence of our Saviour walking beside us and know the power of the Spirit in both our actions and our words. Amen. Sit down.